Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Apostolic Children's Ministry Podcast. I have some uh, one repeat visitor, my brother Larry Booker, and we're excited to have him back. Good to be back. And for our first time, we have Sarah Booker, which is my brother's my brother's wife. Uh, she has been involved in quizzing. Quizzing. Wow. Where did that come from? I, that too. I was involved in quizzing. Yes. yes I, I don't know where, why that even slipped out. Uh, but in, in Sunday school, bus ministry for quite a long time, not only here, uh, but also in, in the Fresno Church. And Sarah, why don't you just kind of tell us your involvement up to this point? What got you involved in children's ministry? Just whatever you want to say. Okay. Well, it starts really before I was born, um, when I was 16. No, not when I was 16. Wow. When my mom was 16, um, just new in church. Uh, somebody in the church came up to her and said, hey, you want to be involved in Sunday school? And here's this new convert. She's like, sure. Now, you have to know my mom. My mom is very shy, an introvert. But she you found, wouldn't know it watching her in Sunday school. But, you, but she found her niche. Like, she found her thing. God had given her a gift that she never knew she had until she stepped through the door of Sunday school because um, that's how I grew up. My mom involved in Sunday school every Saturday night before, really. There she'd be at the table making her props. Uh, everything in her house was used for Sunday school. My dad still has overflowing garage full of Sunday school stuff, and that's how I was raised. So Sunday school was in my heart, and then my dad, he's been involved in best ministry for over 40 years. And so... 40 years. That's a yeah. long time. Yeah. 40 years for anything Yeah. in best ministry. Wow, that's, that's incredible. Yes, he's still driving a bus. He still gets every Saturday night. He, was, he makes sure all the bus... I don't remember how many buses Fresno has now, like 17 buses... So he has to make sure they're all staffed. They're, and so he's still doing that, and he's in his 60s. So that's my heritage, but somewhere along the line, it had to get in my heart, and it, it did. I started uh, working in the bus by myself, about 15 in Fresno. And then when I came here, I, um, I, I didn't start teaching right away, but there was a need for a two- and three-year-old Sunday school class. And so I started becoming a t the two and three year old teacher. I never thought I'd do that, but I, I didn't even it. know that. This is the yeah. first I think I've ever known that you taught yeah. that class. Yeah, I wow. taught two and three. I was the first two and three year old teacher. Oh my goodness! Here, um, and so and it was such a fun. You you don't realize how much they absorb still at that age, but they they absorbed a lot, and it was fun. And then I transferred to the older class, and that was 15 years ago when I started. Wow, teaching. that's incredible! Yeah, what a heritage! I I, I can see. Years down the line, now our kids are getting it. Yep. We're seeing uh, that is cool. You know, you're uh, Natalia and Tristan and uh, Landry and Elena. They're, yes. they're they're heavily involved as much as they can be. I, if if they could mm -hmm. be full teachers right now, not only would we uh, allow them, we would highly encourage it because they're in phenomenal. They're so good. Yes, they're so good. So, yeah, it is definitely a generational thing. Uh, if it's not forced though like no. <laughs> you, you, you just, have to get it for yeah. yourself and see Absolutely. not just how much fun it is but how important it is like our our parents were heavily no they, our parents had nothing to do with children's <laughs> ministry whatsoever i remember mom teaching sunday school and the thing i remember was what does god hate griping and complaining and it seemed like every, that's what we heard every sunday god just hates griping and complaining <laughs> i know she, i'm sure she taught other great things but that was Maybe the highlight the highlight of Sunday school growing up was when Steve Spencer would randomly bring pizza to Sunday school. Yes. I don't remember what he taught, but I remember pizza. 
So that's right. Yeah, our long legacy of Sunday school and being involved as teachers and stuff really starts at Inland Lighthouse. Yep, it did. And uh, yeah, so that this this story of how you know we got involved has already been documented. We already talked about that, but that's in, that's that's super exciting. Um, we, we're in the middle right now of our vacation Bible school. Like we're in the heat of it. Right. In fact, out those doors, there's about 100, yeah. 100 plus kids. I'm surprised and, none have come in yet. Yeah, well, you'll probably hear hear remnants of it. You know, maybe beating on the door, or maybe they come in. Who knows? Uh, but we are we're going to just keep recording and work our way through it. Um, but I brought that up specifically because I was just in. They had a Bible story room, and it was so incredible to see our Sunday school teachers. With no oversight, meaning that you know we didn't give them a script. We didn't. Uh, VBS has a script of sorts, mm-hmm. but they were off script big time, and it was so good. My daughter was super excited. She said, "You got to see it." Brother Julian was excited. Brother Danny was excited, That's awesome. and they were hoping that I could come see it. When I went in there, I don't know what I expected, but it was a thousand times better than my best. And I expected it to be really good. It was phenomenal. It was so good. They did the story of David uh, in a radically different way. They did it with the four sisters of David, okay. which, which is, right, who, who, who comes up with that? They did, and it was so good. Uh, but we talk about this all the time, that the departments of the church, there's nothing that doesn't touch another department. Quizzing, we've already talked about how, how tied that in is to children's ministry, junior camp, uh, when we went to, to peak, we, you know, we saw the results of all of our kids getting involved in quizzing. Uh, and then this vacation Bible school, uh, it's, it's just so cool. The, the church yeah. is, mm-hmm. anyway, they're, they're not islands to themselves. It's not like you know, children's ministry. Oh, I remember what we just talked about, the, the outreach, the big outreach we did with the youth. Mm-hmm. They're, they're so connected, and, and we worked so well together, and they wanted us there, and we enjoyed being there. It was yeah. fun. So anyway, look for that video, because we did record that. Uh, they will be recording it. We're going to post it this Sunday. So that should be really good. Awesome. Um, but we're going to talk about a couple of things um, before we go to the wheat recap. And the first thing I think we'll talk about is maybe the importance of running through your lessons ahead of time. And that actually does touch on the Bible story room that they just did. First of all, last night they came and they practiced for two hours straight for a 20-minute skit, which is... And that makes all the difference. Oh, my goodness. It turns it from an impromptu, fun, ad-lib skit that has potential to something that is polished, refined, Mm -hmm. and incredible. And they just did it four times in a row. (laughs) So VBS, you know, as you guys know, it's a rotating group. So you have four different groups that come in. The first time is good. Second time is better. Third time is really good. The fourth time is a home run. Luckily, I walked in on the home run. I mean, not that the... I don't know what the others were, but this one was so good you could tell they had just done it three more times. So uh, the importance of practicing, of going through your lesson at home before you get to Sunday school. So what do you guys do? Like what, what's some things that you could, pointers that you can give anybody listen to this on, uh, how do you prepare for a lesson? Well, the first thing is if you have a skit or a script, making sure that you give it to your cast early, um, and a lot of our skits that I do, just that are smaller, I'll use Larry and my kids so that we can practice at home. Yeah. Um, but if I need outside people, it's just make sure you get it to them early, that they can look over it, 
that you're all hooked up, you know what you're doing, and um, then finding that practice time. If you don't have that practice time, um, if you don't go through it at least a couple times, you're you're gonna the kids are gonna know. They they can tell when you've practiced and when you haven't practiced. There is a point where your teachers know each other well enough that you can do a lot of stuff on the yeah. fly. We do it all the time, yeah. but it's never as good. <clears throat> it, it, it as the, as just sitting down and really uh, not sitting down. I guess standing up and going through it. Now that's a skit, mm-hmm. and the skits and, and the dramas are, are super important to practice. What about an object lesson? Well, I definitely when you're doing an object lesson, if it involves supplies, buy enough to do the, the whole thing at home. I know when we did like the liquid stacking. Um, it's actually a pretty cool effect where you just put all these different kind of, of fluids. It's something you don't. You have to practice. If you do it wrong, you can make a mess in front of everybody. And if you have done it before, it also gives the confidence to know exactly what to expect. So um, another time we were we were doing the um, it was Holy Ghost Sunday, and we were doing uh, I had this idea to do 120 flaming heads of fire. So I spent the whole night cutting out sponge sponge. You did 120. I didn't have 120. I got tired. I had enough. I had enough 120 sponges, but I didn't have enough energy to cut out 120. Oh my goodness! But it was pretty cool. We had at least 50 or 60. And oh when I did word. it in my kitchen the first time, I was kind of scared. It was it was kind of terrifying. So for those who don't know, this is the one where you you dunk them in alcohol. Is that right? Yeah, alcohol water mixture. The alcohol burns off and the water's left, and so it's unscathed. So I'm assuming you did the day of Pentecost. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It it was yeah, exciting enough that I wasn't sure I was going to be able to put out the fire on the day of Pentecost. Define exciting in Sunday school terms. <laughs> exciting means call the fire department. As far as we were doing it in in our. In a sanctuary rather than our normal concrete floor. I remember that. Sunday that was in school. the Spanish church, right? It was. You and Bob Lee? And if it had fallen over, we would have had a real problem. But <laughs> luckily, God was with us, and I had practiced the night before. I know we're getting a little far afield, but I would not have done it just off the spur of the moment. That's a lot of fire. But I did it at home. It's, my kitchen survived it, so I had the confidence to do it in our sanctuary. Unfortunately, I think we've all seen when people haven't practiced. Oh, have we ever? I've been I want there. to bite my toenails sometimes because oh. it's 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 not working. You, you just your soul shrivels oh, the size of a raisin while you're, you're watching you're someone agonize. Your hands out, trying to pull yes. it out, and it's like just practice, just just practice at home first. And, and what I've seen before, and I've I've been guilty of this. We all have probably of doing an object lesson and doing the visual. We've practiced that, and we know it well. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a magic trick, or maybe it's just a science experiment. Whatever it is, and we got that part down. But we never practiced the application. Mm-hmm. So the visual's good, but then we're stuttering and stammering and trying to find our notes and looking on our phones, and, and it's a mess. So you have this great visual, and the lesson is lost because mm-hmm. you didn't practice that part. And that's all the right. kids remember. Is that's visual. all they remember. They don't remember yeah. the lesson. Yeah. I've, I've had that. <laughs> I've told this story over and over, but I'm going to just tell it one more time. There was a kid that went to Sunday school, and he saw the object lesson that I did. And his parents were recounting this later. They said, he went, he loved your optical lesson. I was like, oh, that meant a lot. That's so cool. I said, he came home and taught the entire lesson to our family. I'm like, really? He did the object. It was the one with the tea bag. So he went through the whole thing, cut it and set it up, lit it on fire and it took off. And they said, that's awesome. What does it teach? And it was like cricket. She said, we, he had no idea what the lesson was, but he knew it was really cool. He liked the visual and the lesson was lost. And I was like, oh man, that's so bad. So we highly recommend 
practicing, whether it's a skit, whether it's an object lesson, run through it completely at home. Ideally in front of somebody. If you got kids at home, run it in front of them. Our poor kids, <laughs> they're our forced yes. audience, sometimes two or three times in a row. Make sure you use a lot of scripture because that's mm. what drives your point home. That's and a good I, point. Too many times I think we teach, but we don't give them a lot of scripture. Yes, that's good. <clears throat> Brother Baglin always said, and... and I'd like to say that I follow this religiously, but I don't. But he always brought his Bible and taught out of it. Whether he was reading from notes, he would put them in a Bible and read them out of there. And I always thought that was a great a great idea. I, again, I, I don't always do it because I have an iPad or you yeah. know, a tablet or something like that. But uh, the visual of, of seeing someone teaching out of a Bible is so powerful. And I think we can lose that sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing on the topic of preparation is, I believe it or not, and you've seen me just kind of get up there and ramble, but I typically have all of my lesson written out in words and in, in, in paragraphs and sentences, not even bullet points. I'd rather have just a paragraph. So if I ever get stuck, I could literally could read my way through it. And I find that just having written it down, having gone through it at home, I have the confidence not to need it very often. It's one of those things, I think Sarah said this, where if you go up to sing and you have the words with you, you'll never need them. Mm-hmm. But if you go up to sing and you don't have the words, oh, you're that's, in trouble. that's a bad time. And that's the time the projector won't work. Yes. yes. Uh, I always just, have words. Yeah. And it's funny because you said you write it out in paragraph. I, I'm exact opposite. The more I write, the more lost I get. So like if I have notes there, I can get really lost in, in, in too much verbiage. So I do bullet points. like. And then, I, again, practice at home talking around those bullet points because I can't find my place. Like, I, I flat out, and it gets to the point where I try to write it out and then forget it. Like, I just kind of set it aside. I try not to ever look at my notes if I can because that's me. I just get, I get really lost trying to, to do both, to watch my tablet and do the object lesson. So I just... I'm kind I, of a mix. Yeah. So I guess you just do what works for you. The one thing we do tell our teacher, don't, I, I'm not, Larry doesn't read his lesson, by the way. He made it sound like he sits there and he does not do that. Um, but don't read your lesson. No. Anybody that's up there with their phone is so, that really, like you said, you're just about to. You have there. to have eye contact with the kids. Mm. You, if you, if you're not talking with emotion, if you're not using your hands, if you're not walking around the room, if you're, you've got to be moving. Don't just stand still. It's so important that you keep their attention. And it's fun to watch Sarah say this right now, waving oh, her hand. Stop. And <laughs> Larry used to hold my hands down and say, now talk. <laughs> Try to talk and without your hands. I couldn't do it. I, that's actually hard for me, though, because I am I am much more of a stand-up and talk rather than walk around the room and be, you know, be exciting. So I have to actually work to do that. It doesn't come natural for me. You know what's interesting is, is there such a fine line in... in, in the, the dramatic gestures and the raising the voice and all of that. If you're always doing it, you lose the the, the, the punch of it. Does that it make sense? So if you're always like, yeah, you're yelling the whole time, you know, the, the kids, yeah. if, if you almost, like they're not paying attention to the yelling anymore because that loses that. So it's like, it's the changes that I think mm-hmm. that, that lend itself. And you're really good at that. You guys did that King uh, the unforgiving servant skit, yeah. yes. and you were the unforgiving servant. You were so 
I almost say I, I want to say overly dramatic, but it wasn't overly dramatic. It was perfect. It was, but it was very dramatic for this. Like your 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 whole body was into it. You're on the floor. You're kneeling and pleading and yelling and groaning, and it was so good. It was so good. I've seen people who are so mesmerizing when they speak that they don't even need like a, a script necessarily. They're not even doing a skit even when they're teaching. They just know how to keep the kids' attention. Um, yeah. And then I've seen the opposite. And my thing is be aware of the kids and I'm aware when I'm starting to lose them. If it, at, at the end, if I'm wrapping something up, if I'm, you know, I've done my object lesson, now I'm wrapping it up. Okay, I don't have an, I don't have an object right now. Now it's just me talking. If I, if you, number one, you got to pay attention to the kids. That's so important. Because if you're starting to lose them, you've got to change what you're doing right there in that moment. That's so And so good. I'll walk down the aisle mm-hmm. and say, and, and ask them a question and to grab their attention back. I or, was just about to say that is a lot of times I'll have them repeat something. If I can tell, uh oh, I've, I've just got into that boring part where I'm starting to lose them. Uh, you know, have them repeat a phrase, or like you said, ask them a question, or sometimes if it's getting toward the altar call, that's when I'll have them stand up. Mm-hmm. Anything, just just to change it up, whether where they where you regain that attention for yeah. just that extra sixty seconds. I just think it's the importance of knowing your audience <clears throat> and watching so them and being aware. I think sometimes yeah. we're so wrapped into note that like. Larry said, this is what I wrote down. This is my bullet points. I have to get these all out. But if you're losing yeah. them, you've got, if you've got to change it up, you've got to change it up. You've got to do something to get them back or else what you're saying is pointless. It's hard to watch the kids and your phone yes. <laughs> simultaneously. Yes. So if you, are, if you are reading your lines or your lesson, there's no way you're effectively communicating to the kids. Or you just can't. So what are some ways that you can communicate with built-in things like the things our our bodies like what can we do obviously we just talked about eye contact super important make eye contact with the kids like look at their eyes like Mm -hmm. pick one out and talk to them every now and then you know of course move around the room and talk Mm -hmm. to different ones but uh talk to a specific one and you really do draw in the whole the whole audience when you do that um your eyes are so important you know you can open them wide narrow them and uh, show emotion with with something as simple as your eyes, or what, what's something else that, that we can do? Uh, you're you're uh, like you're, like you said, don't use the same volume all the time. I'm whispering. I'm telling a story, and then I get excited, and I'm changing my volume, changing your pitch. Um, monotony of any kind, whether you're yelling the whole time, whether you're whispering the whole time, whether you're talking normal. Anything you lose people because they just start toning out. It's mm-hmm. that change that oh, they get grabs them and you. So my pastor back. says sometimes he um, takes the mic away at church because <laughs> he just wants to see who's paying attention, and then he puts the mic back. It really is funny because sometimes really fun you like sound, you, man. you jerk up, right? Yes. Like, yeah. You're taking you're taking notes, changing. and <laughs> and you just hear dead air for like a second. You're like, what just happened? Uh, but we can use waking that. Waking a few people up. You can use that in Sunday school. So dead air is horrible. Unless you're using it for a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, while you're talking, just being quiet sometimes really is effective. Uh, let's see. Uh, hand gestures. Oh. Facial gestures. Don't hide behind the lectern. Don't, don't hole up in one spot. Uh, but move around, be animated. Like, like I mentioned to you guys during that King's Gift 
were, you guys were so good. It really was good. That was fun. And when I was watching that. them in that Bible story room, I, they were fun. So we had the four sisters were Liz, Bree Hinckley, Sarah Torado, and Tristan. They were, they were nuts. That's they awesome. were crazy. Like, I, and I don't want to ruin the video, but like they're, Samuel comes in and he's talking to Jesse and he says, uh, you know, I, I need one of your sons is going to be anointed king. And so they all knew who it was. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's Eliab. And so they started talking all about how Eliab, oh, he's so strong. He's so mighty. Oh yeah, yeah. He's the one. He's the one. And they're like, he's not the one. But to hear the way that they talked about it, it was, it was so good. Then the hunter. And then they had, uh, then when they talked about David, Samuel said, is there anybody else? And they all said, nope, no, there's nobody else, nobody else. And then <laughs> little David came in and they started cracking up. Like they were just mocking him mercilessly. Samuel anoints him king and they change. Oh, David, did I ever tell you <laughs> how much I've cared about you? <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. Oh, they were, I haven't got to see it. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. It's <clears throat> phenomenal. So, yes, get involved. Um, wear a costume if you have something that fits the lesson. Even if it's as simple as if you're doing a science experiment, wear a lab coat, something cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, have a bunch of costumes. I was just in, uh, man, I, I want to really talk about this in, in depth. I need to do this later. But I was just in Chehalis, Washington, and Brother Baker, who was here at the Redland Seminar, <clears throat> runs their Sunday school program, and he is phenomenal. I mean, like, their, their decorations. Wait, that's when we ate lunch with Oh, it might have been. Might have been. Are, are as good as anything I've ever seen in my life. Like, you walk in this this tunnel, and it's like entering a space shuttle. There's LEDs, and the whole thing is glowing. And I, there's airlocks, like, that actually open. There's wow. a switch, and they go, shh, shh, and close. It was so awesome. Anyway, why did I bring that up? I bring that up for a reason. What were we talking costume? about? Oh, costume. Immersive, yeah. yeah. Immersive, yeah. But costume, why would I bring it? Did he show up in a... Astronaut suit or something? Yeah, they all had astronaut suit. I don't costume remember where closet? it was. Costume closet. That's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, yes. So they have a whole section behind the back of the room, and we don't have the luxury of altering our space, but when we do, I'm implementing this. They have a, a men's locker room and a girl's locker room built into the, into the classroom, mm-hmm. and in between the two is a costume room with all their costumes laid out, and there's wow. someone that runs that costume room, and you basically just throw it on the floor, they hang it up exactly where it belongs, and you come and ask them what you need, and they'll hand it to you, and then you better bring oh, it back. That's like it a is, dream. That is amazing. In the locker rooms, there's literally, like, it, there's no not, like, doors on them, but there's, like, spaces for hanging up all your stuff. It's so cool. So, I, I you know, how cool would that be just for us to have a space to put stuff mm-hmm. for object lessons and stuff that you know no one is going to touch? Yeah. How many times do we put our object lessons on the stage or behind the stage here, and someone comes up and moves it or uses it yeah. for some other purpose and, and you can't find it when you need it it's so frustrating With your own personal space yes it was so cool awesome. so brother baker if you're listening to this i am stealing those ideas that was so good um and the last thing is is you need to be excited about what you're doing and it's hard to be excited if you're not well practiced and well prepared mm-hmm. uh if you don't have an audience if you don't have kids to do it in front of Film yourself. Record yourself. Just prop up a phone. You don't have to be fancy. Prop it up. No one's going to see it but you. And record yourself because when you know someone's watching, even if it's a camera, it's amazing how much different it feels. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, 
you're conscious, you're self-conscious, and you want everything to be perfect, and that's when the mistakes happen if they're gonna happen. So iron them out at home beforehand. And James Wang said it like this. He said, the litmus test of knowing if you are really prepared or not is are you excited about what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Are you really looking forward to it? That's good. If you're dreading it, it's probably yeah. <laughs> the not. The kids will dread it too. Yeah, yeah, it's probably not going to be good. Uh, but are you excited about what you're doing the next day? And I, I love that. It was so good. Awesome. So, uh, anything else on that on that point? On those points, I guess. If not, then we're going to run quickly through Sunday. Now, you guys weren't actually there, so I'm just going to tell you guys what happened. And if you have questions, you can ask. Right. So we're still doing the character traits. We're doing the Christian character uh, series, and this one was about having a strong work ethic, don't be lazy, and work hard. And we beat that theme mercilessly. <laughs> like we, we gave it a working over. Did the ant come up? The ant? How did we not talk about the ant? That's so pitiful. How do you talk about not being lazy and not mentioning an ant? I don't know that anybody mentioned an ant, but we talked about not being lazy, I can tell you that. So it started with Bree Hinckley. She was doing the intro, and uh, she was too tired to do a real one. So she kind of like started it, and then went back and got a blanket and just like curled up on the stage. It was really kind of weird. Like everybody's like, "What's going on?" And then Danny's coming out and going, "Bree, come on, you got this. Come on." She's like, "I just, I just don't feel like it anymore." I just... Anyway, and the point of theirs was some things you do whether you feel like it or not. That's cool. So that was the intro. Did the rules, the birthdays. Delaney did that. Uh, then we had a song, and the song was Father Abraham. And Danny said he picked it because it's the least lazy song he knows. Oh, <laughs> there is no way to sing that oh. song if you're feeling double inhaler for that one. Yes, Brother Marcos. Oh, this was so good. Brother Marcos Rios did the mini lesson, and he had three shovels. He had a great big shovel, a kind of medium shovel, and then like a plastic kids garden shovel. And he was talking about how you don't necessarily start with the big shovel. Like you see the pastor and man, he's moving all that dirt. He's doing like, he's doing work. Look at these Sunday school teachers. They are like putting in work. They're moving all this dirt. Like they're, and all you have is this plastic little shovel. And he talked about, you use the tools that you have. And once you've proven yourself with those tools, God will give you the next one. And he'll give you the next one, and he'll move you through it. And it was so good. So by the end of it, we're you know we kind of like kept running with it. Like that's why you see people that are so, like it looks almost like they're doing the work of God with a bulldozer, right? They're sitting in an air conditioned cab doing nothing, just sitting there pulling levers, but they're doing incredible work because they've proven themselves. They they work their way through the tools that God's given them, and God keeps blessing them and giving them the ability to do more. It was really good. It's cool. So good work, Marcos. Uh, Sister Sarah Torado came out. I think she was inspired by you, Larry, because we played Hangman again. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I, I'll let you guess what the first word she used was. Work? I was actually laziness. Lazy. But <laughs> lazy, lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Work ethic? Work ethic, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so they did that, and then we did a puppet show. And I'm trying to remember all about this. Um, Oh, this is so bad. I meant to ask Bree to get some details on this, but uh, anyway, it was all about not being lazy, and I, I can't remember what they did with it. Anyway, it was really good. So, guys, if you're listening to this, it's my fault. I, I just can't remember, but it was really good. 
Uh, second song we sang was In Jesus' Name, Israel Hooten. You know, the song that goes about 27 minutes and you're working out the whole time. Your cardio's boiling over. Yeah, we sing that one for the same reason that we sing Father Abraham. Danny then, picked that one also? Danny picked that, yeah. Danny picked it. And then the final lesson. So, object lessons, there, there's, there's some really good ones that have a thousand applications. You can use them for anything. Believe it or not, we taught laziness with toilet paper and the blower and spraying toilet paper all over the place. And we, yes, this is going to sound carnal, but again, we have bus kids, we have church kids. And so I was talking about how you want to be good at some things. Like, what are some things that you want to be good at? You know, we brought up basketball. We, we brought up uh, different different things that, that are, we didn't, we weren't talking about the kingdom of God initially. And so we talked about basketball. You want to be good at basketball? Well, all you have to do is think hard about it. Maybe draw a picture of a basketball, you know, sleep on it and dream big. Bam. There you go. And success is yours. Yeah. You will be the star of your team. Right. Well, we know, we know that's, that's obviously not going to happen. So we talked about Steph Curry of all things, right? Yeah, again, this is very carnal. But I was, I was, at this point, I was really reaching for the bus kids, okay? Because uh, they, I was relating to something that they, were, that they knew. Do you know how many three-pointers Steph Curry has made in a row in practice? Guess. Just guess. 115. 105 straight with oh, zero misses. I don't even know how long that takes. You figure one every four wow. seconds. If you got someone feeding you the ball and you're not moving, I figure one every four seconds. That's almost eight minutes of, of shooting straight three-pointers. If nothing else, you just get tired. Yeah. But 105. Um, and so we, we were talking about how did he get good at that? I'm sure it was genetic. You know, it was just mm -hmm. inherited by his father. And he, he just... You know, probably used a lot of visualization techniques yeah, and probably probably you know, a lot of thinking. protein bars you know and that's all it's yeah. all you need right yeah. mm -hmm. well we talked about his practice regimen and every day before he leaves practice he forces himself to move around the perimeter and he has to shoot 15 or make 15 three-pointers in a row so he does three at five different spots three and if he misses ever he starts over he has to make 15 before he leaves. This is after a full workout, you know, after a couple hours. So he's completely spent, and now he has to make 15 in a row or he will not leave. Sometimes it'll take him forever, but he will not leave. So anyway, we talked about how if you want to be good at anything, you got to put the time in. You can't be lazy. And that goes for the things of God. If you want to do something for God, you can't be lazy. And we went back to Marcos. I didn't even know Marcos was teaching that, but it was so good. God's given you tools. Sometimes that tool is... You, you walk past a planter and you see trash in the planter. Do you pick it up or do you wait till someone makes you do it? Um, and, and, and so we came up with different scenarios. Maybe your teacher asks you to straighten up the chairs after class. Are you, nah, this is ridiculous, and you get mad about it. Um, so we talked about the things of God, how God will not immediately say, oh, you're a preacher, you're going to be preaching Wednesday. That's not the way it happens, right? It's not, you're not going to have an eight-year-old just stepping up. Um, and, and, and preaching the sermon, but God will lead you, and based on how you react to different mm -hmm. to different tests, you know that He'll continue Spirit. to use you. Yeah. And so the visual that we used was uh, I had first of all before they ever even knew I had a blower, I just had a stick and I had a piece of a roll of toilet paper, and I had a little girl come up, and I timed her to see how fast it would take her to empty the roll. So the roll is on a stick. I'm trying to like 
visually describe this for those listening. It's there's a toilet paper hanging on a stick we're holding either side, and all she does is just pull it and see how quick she can empty this roll. So we timed it, it was like 26 seconds to empty a roll. But we talked about how with God, the math doesn't always add up, how it's not necessarily um, just our efforts. It's it, when God puts his part in, we can do things we could never do on our own. I don't care how much we practice. Like the anointing makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. When God blesses, you can do things you couldn't dream of doing. You couldn't teach that Bible study and see your friend get the Holy Ghost unless God's helping you. But with his help, you can do anything. And so we pulled out that blower and I said, okay, we're going to time you again, but this time use this. And so we did it again, the exact same thing. And it was like nine seconds that she emptied that roll with the blower. Because when God moves and the Holy Ghost moves, it's amazing how much you can get done. Um, so anyway, that, that was how we ended it. And uh, it was a good day. It was a good day. Um, bunch of behind the scenes stuff we had you know the, the all class good behavior game and then we had to clean up for bbs which was fun that took about an hour to clean up our fellowship hall for those that don't have a multi-purpose room if you have a room that is sunday school only you need to thank god every day for that room <laughs> we have weddings and family days and vbs's and everything in our sunday school and we have to put it all away and pull it all back again for sunday so one day we Jesus. will have we will have the uh, facilities that, that we so desire. But anyway, it was a great Sunday. Oh, 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 yes, yes, yes. Brother Larry wanted to tell us a story, and you have a story as well about bus ministry and how sometimes you don't see the results immediately. This is, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I would have been really sad. Yeah. So th- this happened just last week. Um, the, the boys and I were at, were at a local park, Joe Sampson Park, for those in Rialto, and we were just shooting baskets and just having a good time. It was just the three of us. And I heard a voice saying, hey, I like, look over and it's this young man, maybe 19, 20 years old. And he says, are you from Sunday school? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I used to go. He said, and I, I need to start coming back. I said, I know you really do. He said, I remember you from Sunday school. He said, uh, he's been in jail and he he knows, and this is, this is part of the thing that Sarah wanted to talk about. He knew when he got out of jail, he wanted to make a change, he wanted to get back to God, and he knew the place to go was the place he learned about God the first time at Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so um, he said he's gonna come back, his name is Eduardo, I've been praying for him, I prayed for him today. And uh, if you think about it, say a prayer for Eduardo, and Eduardo, we wanna see, we want to see you. Uh, wow, that is but, so cool. But I just thought it was so great that this kid, I haven't seen him, I'll be honest, I didn't recognize him. It's been, I've been teaching Sunday school for 10 years, could have been any time in that 10 years, he remembers but me. He, you. he remembers Sunday school. He remembers what he felt, mm-hmm. and he he knows where he needs to be to get what he needs. That's incredible. Sometimes we don't think that we're making an impact on these kids. Maybe you have that Sunday when you're just kind of <laughs> deflated and think, "Why am I? Why am I even wasting my time on these kids? They don't care." Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have a story as well, Sarah, right? Um, just my dad works at a hospital in Fresno, and it's been a f- few months ago. He had. A lady come up to him and say, "Hey, you're Rick Garrett. Yeah, your daughter Sarah. She rode my bus. I remember your daughter." And my dad called me up, and same thing. I didn't really remember her um, as much as she remembered me. But I'm almost 40. This was 25 years ago, but oh, she Lord. still re- recognized my dad. She still remembered my name. I. I rode with hundreds of So 25 of years later, 25 she remembered years. your dad and you. Yes. Oh, my word. 
I mean, we're both grown women now, and um, she still, she was in a time of need, so my dad was, you know, praying for her. Um, but it just, the longevity of a bus ministry, don't, if you don't give up, you don't always see your results. And I know in Fresno, they've had people walk through the doors. I know we're gonna have it here. Uh, years later, that we, we sowed the seeds, and years later, you reap them. Well, we just had it happen. We had uh, a boy that we taught in Sunday school years ago. Ronnie Sanchez was close with him. And uh, it's kind of a convoluted story, but, but Ruben, Navarro, who is an adult that rides our red bus route, Julian won him to God. He's got the Holy Ghost. His wife and kids come. His wife got the Holy Ghost. Um, they posted something on Facebook about In the Lighthouse. Well, this guy that's connected to Reuben responds and say, hey, I already know that church. That's where I used to go to Sunday school. He said, do you know Ronnie? And so Reuben said, yeah, I do. Long story short, they reconnected. Now this boy, who is not a boy anymore, he's a man, mm-hmm. he's almost 30, he is now going to Caleb's Bible study, Caleb so Dillon's Bible awesome. study with Ronnie. And this is, has to be 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they reconnected through, you know, anyway, your, your, your effort is never wasted. You just never know when it's going to show up. You know, I mean, I just recently joined Bus again. I haven't been in Bus since I left Fresno, so it's awesome to be back. On so the bus. cool. Yeah, and I've never, I've never been actively involved in the Bus part of Sunday School until this year. So it's very, very interesting. I know we wanted to join. I, I wanted to join the Bus more because I want to get the kids know the kids better rather than just being the voice of authority and in front of them or the one disciplining them as tends yeah. to be my want. Um, by sitting next to them, telling them to be quiet is not a great, the best way to build a relationship. But yeah, riding the bus has been awesome. Learning their names and having fun on the bus has been really, really rewarding. And a big thing for me is being with the kids, but also my, my kids, my boys being on the bus. My girls are already on the bus. But the very first day we were on was two bus kids' first day. And it was so neat. By the time they got all got, we all got to the church, Landry and Dawson were like best buddies with these boys. They got off the bus and showed them where everything was, sat with them. And I think it's so important that those relationships are built between the bridge, between church kids and Sunday school kids. And I know my boys, it's been neat to see them not just sitting by church kids anymore on Sunday mornings, but now they're sitting by bus kids and that bridge is there. Absolutely. I'm going to be careful how I say this, but there there are some churches that I think they draw the line between church kids and bus kids to the point where they teach them separate classes. They never mingle. They don't hang out together. And it's not because they think they're any... It, it's just they, they they're, they're so their levels of teaching are so different that they don't want them in the same class together. And I understand what they're trying to say, but it, I, I, I hate that concept. They're just kids. I don't care how they get here. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they're visitor kids. I don't care if they rode a bus to get here. They're just kids, and we're still trying to teach them about God. And now it's our responsibility to somehow teach them both at the same time. We've got to teach a church kid that's been in the church for 10 years, and we've got to teach a kid this first time they've ever been here and never even opened a Bible. 
Um, but like there was a pastor I was talking to today, and he said, "Do you guys teach them separately? Or, you know, bus kids and church kids?" I'm like, no, 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 we keep them together. And he said, "Oh, good, because that's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure we we do that." So, anyway, I think that's the that really is the only way to do it. I think if you're you're doing a disservice to both groups if you split them. So, that's anyway. what we want in the long run. Them coming back if they don't make it. I hate kids, that distinction would... of bus kids. I, I hate. I don't even like calling them yeah. that. I mean. It just how they. That's just how they get to church. That's their transportation. We want them to all be yeah. church kids. That's right. Yeah, that's right. They're just our kids. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think that's all for today. We've covered a lot of ground, but thank you, Larry, Sarah, for being here, and everybody out thank there for you. listening. And if you guys have any ideas of what you want us to cover next time, send us an email to info at apostolicsundayschool.com. God bless, and we will see you all next time. Goodbye.